0: We here. It's Don Chen's. The Wolf Matality podcast.
1: And what up, wolves? This is Don Chenz, and you are listening to Wolf Mentality. The boys are back. Shouts out to everyone for listening. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the program. If you're not subscribed, please go do so on whatever app you listen to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Also, if you haven't given a five-star review yet on Apple Podcasts, please go do so. Just go to the show's page, scroll to the bottom. You'll see the stars. Hit the one all the way on the right. Gives us five stars. Helps us continue to grow the show. And also, once you finish this episode, try and think of somebody who would enjoy this. Send it to them directly. And again, help us continue to get more wolves on board because we need them. The world needs us. The world needs more wolves. So this week I got New York City stand-up comedian Tommy O'Regan. We became best friends by the end of this hour and we had a great conversation. You know, he's had a good career so far in comedy. He's actually headlining a show at Caroline's on Broadway for their breakout artist series. It is on February 4th at 7.30 PM. And I will have the link to buy tickets in the show's description. You can also get it on Tommy's Instagram page in his bio, which will also, a link to that is also in the episode description. So go get that. There's also a discount code Tommy. So if you're trying to go hit that link, use the code Tommy, you get a discount, go see him. He's hilarious. I'm gonna uh, make sure I go. And it's going to be a good time. So he's had a great career in stand up. still working his way up. He's gotten to headline at some cool places in the city, which he talks about. I think my biggest takeaway from our conversation is kind of his ability to put his head down. You know, something might not go according to plan, but he's seems like always been able to just take things as they come, whatever challenges You know, he has to face, puts his head down and just moves forward Uh, in college. He was a great hockey player. His it's, you know, his father was even a professional hockey player. And I'm sure he he played at Harvard. He's I'm sure he saw a future in it. And he ended up having an injury that forced him to, you know, he wasn't able to play. And that's where he pivoted into comedy. And that's how he got started Uh, later on, which he gets into in more detail. You know, he was trying to work at Barstool and Thought It was going to work out and that opportunity didn't work out for him. And he kind of looks back on it thinking, you know, it's probably for the best. But prior to that, he probably thought it was for the best. And, you know, something doesn't work out. And he seems to be able to evaluate the situation, see where he's at, see where the best path forward is and take that path and doesn't really let those things get in his way. So I think that's something that people could really learn from this episode. And you'll obviously get more detail uh, when you hear Tommy talk about it. So... Let's get into it. Here is Tommy O'Regan. And what up, Wolves? It's Don Chenz back in action. Got another... uh, We're going to become friends by the end of this. Like 45 minutes from now, best buzz. I got comedian Tommy
0: O'Regan. How's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to being best friends.
1: Yes, we're gonna we're gonna get along great. We have a lot of mutual friends, so we already oh, yeah. have like some commonality there.
0: Oh yeah, yes. a lot of mutuals. Some yeah. of my favorites. Uh, how you feeling today? How's everything going? Good. I'm Great. I'm finally recovered. I've been sick for about four and a half years. <laughs> literally, like no, for like literally a week. I just I feel like everyone I know has been sick.
1: Yeah, for like actually, a week and a half. it is true. All of a sudden, I've been, I have been. was sick too. And I, I've been getting sick. I usually get strep throat like once a winter. It just happens. And worst. I've gotten sick. I got pneumonia. I had strep. I had some other kind of sickness.
0: Like I've got sick so many times. Ooh. I don't know what's going on. I yeah. think New
1: York is slowly killing me like every yeah. like little bit every year.
0: Yeah. I, I had your classic flu. I think it was just, it was brutal. But I'm, uh, I'm finally recovered. I'm good to go.
1: Yeah. Uh, hopefully. The, yeah. The, the problem is the subway. I think that's what it is. It's a mass transit. Do you, yeah. have, do you use ma- any kind of masters oh, yeah. trans- yeah. at all? Yeah. yeah, so that's what it is. Everyone's touching, like, stuff. I oh, always yeah. do my best, like, I... Put my stuff in my jacket. I'm trying not to touch. Yeah, anything, it's but a very
0: congested city. Obviously, yeah, it's not terrible. a lot of room. And I'll like, I'll like take a shower, and then city bike in 30 degree weather. Like I'm, I'm not doing myself any favors. I'm
1: super anti city bike. There's probably ger- a lot of germs on city bikes too. You got oh, s- people oh, sweaty yeah. asses on there. Then you put your like city bike. Ass is just a germ. Oh, that's germ. Just <laughs> that, It's a giant germ on
0: wheels. Why, why are you anti? Because of the germs?
1: <laughs> yes. No, I'm just anti because I feel like people on bikes uh, are assholes and disobey traffic laws they want to be a pedestrian when the car's around they want to be a car when the pedestrians are around
0: that's very true yeah that's and a hate, fair take and i, I, I am that, that person yeah it's like when you get mad like when you're in a car and you get mad at pedestrians for doing something and then you're a pedestrian you you get mad at cars yeah. or you're like that guy who this isn't really that related to the analogy but this is just strict strictly cars but it's like when you when you go up cut everyone in front of an exit and cut in Yeah. Like when you're getting off and there's traffic on an exit and you're that guy who goes up and cuts in front. Right. Like I always do that. (laughs) But then if someone does it to me, I think they're the devil. (laughs) Yeah. You mother up the hell out of them. It's always like, sorry, I have to, like I got to get over. But yeah,
1: we're all hypocrites. That's think what it comes down to. Yeah. But yeah, I'm doing great. (laughs) Other than that, that, I'm awesome. (laughs) All right. So let's get down to business. You're a comedian. So let's start with the... (laughs) I'll do the stereotypical comedian questions I always ask, the canned ones, and then we'll get more interesting. So, Sounds good. When did you start, and what made you think you were funny enough to pursue comedy?
0: Uh, so I started in 2000, so I graduated 2015. It was the fall. After I graduated, I was in Boston for a year, and I did a f- maybe like 10 to 15 open mics there over the course of like eight months, so I didn't really start until I came to New York. That's like nothing. I did like 10 mics in like the course of a year. So I really started when I moved here in the fall of 2016, I would say, New York. So I've been at it hard for like three and a half years now in New York. Um, and I moved here specifically for that. And I guess I started, I don't know, I've always had like hysterical friends growing up in high school, college, all my friends are really funny. And I always liked writing. Like I would always write jokes and like, advertising ideas just on my computer. Cause I wanted to also thought about being like a copywriter, like write commercials and billboards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always had stuff written down in my on my computer, like jokes, ideas for no reason. And then eventually when I had to, so, um, I'm sure you get to this eventually, but I graduated college. I had to stop playing hockey and I couldn't play hockey anymore. And so I was just because like concussions and the Lyme disease. And like we, like we, never he's not one. laughing because he's a dick. He's, we discussed this before. Um, Off my conversation. Yeah, exactly. But so I was supposed to play hockey after school, um, but I couldn't anymore because I was sick. Um, so I was supposed to like sign to play pro hockey. I couldn't do that anymore. So I was just sitting in my house in Needham, Massachusetts for like four months doing nothing. I had like no resume. And so I was really just sitting in my house like, what am I going to do with my life? And I had all this stuff written down and I always loved comedy, loved writing. And I, it was, I was just in like a tough spot and I was like, whatever, I'm just gonna go try it. Just like do something to be productive. And so I started hopping up at open mics here and there in Boston and they went okay, like not good at all, but they went okay at the start. And so I was like, yeah oh, maybe I can like keep doing this. And then after six months it got a little better. And then I was like, you know, if I'm going to do it, I might as well go where all the best people are. And so I moved to New York like eight months after that. So how's the comedy scene in Boston? Um, I don't know because I didn't really get into it that uh, deep because I was only there. Like like I said, I only did like 10 or 15 open mics over the course of like eight months. And so I didn't really get into it that deep. It's obviously different than New York just because just there's less places. You got to drive around everywhere. But I think the comedy itself is good, but... Just the, um, New York's just kind of the the place to be for it.
1: Right. So, so like, how did you know then, did you feel ready for New York? Cause that's like, we're pretty much saying that's the, that's the place to be. Right. So did you actually feel ready or you just like, screw it. That's where I have to be to make any, to get anywhere, get where I want to be. So I'm just going to go there.
0: Yeah. That was like the thing people always said, but I always thought it was kind of bullshit. Like people are always like, don't go to New York until like you're ready. It's like, well, I, well they're like they're doing comedy there, and they're doing comedy in Boston. It's the same thing. Right. Funny's funny. Yeah. So, like, if you go, like, I don't know. So, I just figured if I'm just going to go to New York and start there, because otherwise you start in Boston, say you're there for, like, three, four years, then you come to New York, you have to, like, kind of restart. Unless you know people who are, like, high up, pretty high up, you kind of have to, like, restart, start networking, meeting people again. Yeah. Um. So, I just figured I'll just go there to start and just figure it out. Yeah, because you're pretty much... You're not
1: gonna like the odds of you being big that quick are very, very slim. So you're pretty much trying to build a local buzz and a local network, like you're saying. So yeah, yeah. if you move cities, you gotta do that all over again. Exactly. Like, like we like you know, I'm not even in the comedy scene, but I know a lot of like the people like in the local New York scene, but like if you took someone equivalent in another city, I have no no idea who they are. So they come here. Exactly. Like people aren't gonna know them.
0: Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And and it was great that I did it because that's when I I met uh, Francis, friend of the program. Friend of the Francis program. Um, so I met him right when I moved here, six mu- like maybe six months into moving here. And he's the best. He was always very helpful. So nice, you didn't know him you both went to Harvard, so you didn't know him in college? No, so he graduated the year I went in as a freshman. So he's like oh, four years old. than me. Oh, really? Because yeah. like I knew,
1: because like you, you played hockey, he played lacrosse. Mm-hmm. I figured there was just some kind of crossover at some point, so yeah. I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, that kind of was a crossover, just because ho- we were good friends with the lacrosse guys. And right. so when I... Moved here. Some of my friends were like, oh, you should reach out to this guy, Francis, like Makes he's on sense. the team. Yeah. And then we just like grabbed a coffee one day and then he took me to like a show. And, and he was always, he's always been very nice, very helpful to me though. He's, he's a great guy. But, uh, so yeah, that's what I mean. Like I just came here. I was like, I'll figure it out. Started meeting some people. And, uh, and then I met like the other people we talked about, Dan, uh, Pulzel, Rich Apple, Louisa. They're, uh, they're good people.
1: Yep, all all great people. Yeah. All great people, all funny. All very of the funny, all great
0: people, yeah. yeah. All funny.
1: Um so then how did it go for you when you first started in New York? Like what were those first few shows like? Like did you feel like it was more difficult than Boston or anything or did you kind of feel like it was just more of the same?
0: Uh it was pretty similar. Like people are there are differences in cities obviously, but I feel like at open the open mic level you don't really tell cuz it's all comedians and comedians are all pretty similar. Like right. the open mics you go to it's going to be just They're so tough because it's all, it's just a crowd of like bitter, like sad comedians. They they
1: sound, open mics sound
0: like the actual most miserable. I've never heard a single
1: person (laughs) and a single comedian say one minuscule positive thing about it. No, they're brutal.
0: Like you do them in the beginning because you have to do something. Right. So the whole goal is to eventually get out, grow out of doing open mics and just do good shows with real audiences. But you got to do something to start. But Are you really Um, getting a true laugh? Then no, could, that's right? so how do you even know if you're doing good? That's what I mean. Like some people are big on doing like four, five open mics a night and just to like get up and they're like, we got to get up, got to get stage time. And I've always been more like, more like work smart, not hard, like work hard. Obviously like I write a ton and I go up, like I found a good balance of how much to go up. And now I'm doing like less open mics. But when I was doing a lot of them, I would do like one or two a night and like think that that was enough. Cause like you're saying like, there's only so many rooms of comedians you can go and tell jokes to, and it's not like a true laugh, like a real audience. Right. They're like, looking like, at it from
1: a different lens. It's not yeah. the same thing. And they're thing. just
0: waiting to do their own jokes. They don't want you to be funny because they want to be the funniest one. <laughs> like it's just there's a lot of stuff going on, there's a lot of variables. Um, but uh but they are they are tough. They're they're really tough, but you gotta pay your dues, you know? No one just hops into hops into real shows that easily.
1: Yeah. But so how many so I guess now, how many sets are you doing a week? Like typically?
0: Yeah, I'll probably do hitting. like um, maybe like six or seven. If I uh, yeah seven yeah six to eight something like that. Um, I've tried. So I've started doing like more regular shows and like less open mics. But I'll still do an open mic here and there. Like if I go like a few three four days without anything else, and I just want to, I feel like productive um i'll do like a couple open mics maybe
1: yeah i get i i've asked obviously a lot of people that question and some people say like oh you gotta hit as many as you can they're hitting like four or five at night sometimes yeah just i I feel like definitely at a point that's just gonna burn you out and yeah I don't know. I feel like sometimes you're overthinking it. I, I don't, I have no idea yeah. though. Cause I'm not a comedian. So like, I, what the hell do I know? But I would think like if it were me, I'd probably start overthinking it after a certain point. Yeah. It's like, you just got to go out there and do it and how's a response. And then and re- that's cool.
0: my take on it is like, and, uh, it's yeah, it's like working. A lot of people like work hard and not smart. Like there's only so many t- so many mics you can do in one night. I feel like where you kind of, and it's just like to. Emotion, you get like emotionally, mentally exhausted from right. sitting in basements for eight hours a night. Like there's just you got to find a balance because I still want to like enjoy enjoy doing it. So I found a, I found a good balance, and I was lucky enough early on where Francis took me to open for him a lot, and uh, got me on some good shows. And I would open for him like traveling and for like really good crowds, and I would do stuff on those shows. So I was lucky early and en- early enough early enough on to get like real audiences like, a year in, year or two in, and I was like, oh, like, uh, like, I would do stuff that didn't work at mics. I was like, I'll try it during the show. And I was, and I would try it and work during the show, and I was like, oh, like, so, like, some stuff doesn't even, like, how can you tell what works at mics?
1: Right, yeah, exactly. I feel like you just can't at all. And so then I, I, I started, know, and what? I
0: was like, it is good to, to, like, just go do something to be productive, get on stage. and you Just try- get comfortable, You can try probably. stuff, too. Like, some yeah. of it does work. If it's, like, a good mic, you can tell. But... Some are different. They're just all different to like it'll it could work at one mic and not work at the other mic. Like it they are tough. But um I was lucky enough, or like I said, Francis was always good to me. And he brought me around early and got me on good shows and I was like, okay, like so this is like a real this is like what a real audience is like. Now, now do you feel
1: like opening for Francis, him being more of a well known this is post bar stool or is this before? This is so?
0: while he was at Barstool. So this is I met him like six months after I moved here, and I think like Six months after that, he got Barstool.
1: Right. So did, did you feel like opening for him then when he has a pretty big audience at that point, did you feel like that helped you get any traction at all? Or did you feel like it was just better crowds to practice in front of?
0: <laughs> um, Not really much traction. A little bit, maybe, but yeah, not like a more ton. more recognition at all now? Uh, and then I did other stuff at Barstool with him. Like we made some sketches. So I did get a little bit and... You know whatever traction means, I guess. Like I don't know, like some just like just like followers, right, just like and,
1: followers recognition, yeah. or people yeah. at
0: comedy clubs asking you now more often. It was like, definitely a good on. credit to have, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um But it was mo- the the biggest part of it was definitely just like being able to do. Like I was doing like this is like a year and a half, year in, year and a half in, and I was doing like twenty minutes, uh, like two shows a night. For a weekend, doing twenty minutes every time—that's like, so. That's much a long stage time. time. Yeah,
1: that's a long time. No,
0: yeah, I'm not not was less like less saying, "Oh, look how much time I did." It was more like, like that's just great. So much good stage time for someone to have so early, right? Like, so I was really fortunate.
1: Yeah. So you already alluded to it, but so when Francis was at Barstool, he did what do you call it, the Variety Hour? Yeah, the sketch so wrote that comedy show. Yeah. Right. So you did that with him, and I actually remember that. I remember because I watched that when he put those out. Like, what was that experience like? Cause you, so like, were you, cause you weren't working at Barstool, but you're doing, you're creating Barstool content essentially. So like, what was the process? Were you writing? Were were you in them? Like, how was that whole, like, how did that all work?
0: Yeah. So Francis was like, he was doing really well there and he called me one day. He was like, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm trying to make like a sketch show for Barstool. Like, do you want to write it with me, act in it? And he was basically, he... He's basically like, I don't know if it could lead to a real job. I don't know because it's a very informal process of getting hired there. Like, there's, it's like, yeah, I, don't even, I still don't even know how it works. I don't. Francis didn't even know how it works. He was like, right. I don't even know. Because I would ask him throughout. I was like, any like uh, like update? And he was like, ah, I don't even know. Like how you get a job? Here. I
1: feel like it's so, so much timing too. Like you're like doing something that catches someone's eye at the right time when they, like, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's so random. And
0: or you yeah, feel like, like a random know. like character like who's just right. like, good on camera and they're like oh that guy's a weirdo let's hire him
1: yeah they'll do that so- yeah. yeah they'll do that sometimes where it's like this random like it seems like a sp- like a quick spark that's gonna fizzle out and they'll hire the person yeah. and they end up being somebody yeah like, it's almost it like a, it's
0: like kinda of, it's pretty much like a reality show there yeah. like they kind of just hire like and no there are talented people there but yeah they're they very do talented, yeah, yeah for sure but they do hire like it's you kind of had got to have that element of like a reality show character almost. right. So somewhat. did you
1: get to, did you have much interaction with the people there at all? Or, or was it kind of just you and Francis doing your thing?
0: So me and Francis would write, we'd meet like once a week, write sketches. Um, and then we'd film them maybe every couple of weeks. We would go around. It was, it was a lot of fun because we, it was, because I like, really like writing sketches. I would like to do that more in the future. And me and Francis are like, obviously good friends. And we had like a good, uh, good dynamic Um, So it was really fun. We'd write sketches and we had their like production crew, like can just like the Barstool camera guys would just follow us around. We didn't have to get our own stuff. Um, And so we did like eight episodes, I think, like 20 minutes each. Um, And it was a lot of fun. It was great. And we were sometimes we were there at the office. Sometimes we'd go out to like a park or um, and then we had some of the other uh, employees join us here and there. Um, like a handful of them were in a few different episodes. right? Yeah, I remember that. So
1: I forget, you, you acted in some of them, right? Yeah, I acted
0: in like a decent amount, wrote, we wrote them all. Um, we had, and then we, so me, France, and then like half the episodes, we had a couple other comedians. Now, would you,
1: would you rather, do you like the writing process more? Do you like being
0: involved? Like if you had to choose, would you rather be the actor or the writer? Oh, I like both a lot. Um, it was really fun, like coming up with ideas and like, 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 when you're like heightening a sketch together where you're talking about like oh then this, oh then that, then that it's yeah. like it's electric it's it's a lot of fun. But then I liked that was the first time I've ever really acted. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun too. I would never really and I would like to do like more comedic acting in the future for sure. But yeah. there but it was, it was the whole thing was a great experience and even though I didn't get a job it was still like great experience. Yeah, dude, I I would love to write a my best
1: friend uh Tyler <laughs> Uh, we always say that, like, and I think we're screwing up by not trying it. We always say like, because we'll do that thing where, because like, it's also like if you have a good connection with somebody too. So, and, like, someone says an idea, you're like, oh yeah. shit, and this happens. Oh, and then that happens, and you just kind of like go back and forth, and like, that's so fun. It's like I love doing that with him. I always say like, I'd love to take a crack at a sketch comedy show. So it's yeah. pretty sick that you got to do that.
0: It's basically like when you're sitting around with your friends and you're like making like jokes that just heighten and like hypothetical situations, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> like oh, and then it, like you just have those running those jokes that keep heightening it's basically like that and like twisting it a little bit turning into sketch but yeah it was really cool especially because we had like the cameras there and like really good producers like who were like good with camera and good at editing and like so we just had to like write and act and show up
1: right so it it was a lot of fun so how long did the filming process take like from beginning of production to putting it out
0: um i think it was over the course of like Four or five months, maybe. Damn, that's a long time. Yeah, that's well, because sometimes he was busy. Yeah, he's got other shit up. doing too. Yeah. We, we didn't have like a set regimen. It was more like, let's come in and write for like a couple hours, and then like maybe like two weeks later we'd film. Um, but we had a couple of funny ones that didn't uh, that didn't make it. Um, or no, did that make it? I forget. We had one where we dressed up. We ordered wing suits and we were gonna go to the uh, the top of the Empire State Building. Like in while wearing wingsuits. And so we put on these we put on these wingsuits and we walked up the Ember Stale Building, but they wouldn't let us through security. But that was D- that. was they were like, fun. yo, what the they're hell like, are you yeah, doing? Yeah. For obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are like, hey, this doesn't this doesn't look like it's gonna end well. So That's they funny. didn't let us through security though. Damn. It might have just been for the camera though, because we had a camera with us. So maybe that was why. Or maybe it was just like these guys look like they're gonna jump.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you wanna just you wanna tell them what's going on so you could like do it, but it's also, it's yeah. better to get a genuine reaction so it's kind of better to just hope you can get by and stuff like that's yeah, the funny part of both. it. Yeah, we did both.
0: We like tried to just walk through and be like, what, what's the problem? But yeah. then after we're like, please, like we're making this sketch and they're like, no, we can't, we can't. this. We looked, we looked ludicrous <laughs> stuff. We looked ridiculous. I was wearing a bike helmet <laughs> and a wingsuit walking up. To the top like that was living. gonna save
1: you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Wait, yeah. so that didn't, I, I don't remember think that, that one. I don't think that made it on. What was your favorite that made it? Do you remember?
0: Um, We had a good one where, we had a good one where Francis was like on a deathbed and it was, it basically just, uh, it was him on a deathbed and it's always like such a serious moment. And it was, uh, it was Francis like saying goodbye to like four of his family members, three of his family members. And he's basically like, I'm sorry, like, Blah, blah blah and it just kept heightening the more ridiculous stuff was like i'm sorry like when your son got kidnapped like that was me like i'm <laughs> sorry and it just turned basically at the end it was like oh this guy's kind of like kind of a dick and so they <laughs> end up like just killing him
1: <laughs> i remember that one yeah so
0: that was fun and the first one we ever did was just me and him like on a park bench talking we were like just and these douchey white guys um so that was fun just because the first one we ever did yeah but yeah it was a good experience he's uh he's uh He's a good guy, and he's a smart guy, Francis. Yeah, smart Very guy. funny. So, and
1: then, so staying on the Barstool topic, so I forget how long it was after that. So Francis got the job because he won their Barstool Idol show. For anybody who doesn't know, it's essentially like a competition for a week. Whoever wins is, like, gets a job at Barstool. And he won, and then the next year, I think,
0: you competed, right? Yeah, so it was like, yeah, the year after. Um, and I didn't want to do it cause I had already been doing these sketches with him, and I just thought that would be like weird. I'd be like, is it weird that like I already did stuff and now I'm doing this thing where like, um, like I've already, it just like felt, I felt like awkward w- about what, it. What about it do you think was awkward? I don't know. I just felt weird that I had already done stuff and that I was like now competing in this thing.
1: Like you felt like, cause it, it, like, they are like, like, why, why is enough? this guy,
0: he's already like part-time working here. Why is he competing in this thing? To get a job. Like, I thought people would look at me like, why are you doing this?
1: Yeah, I guess. I so, yeah. don't know.
0: I was just probably overthinking it. Right. And, like, didn't want to seem like I was like, I don't know. I was just overthinking it. But, anyways, then last second, France was like, I oh, got nothing to lose. Like, why not? And I was like, that's true. And then, yeah. So I did the Barstool Idol. Um, that was a tough, that was a tough experience. That was kind of tough. Yeah. What was that like? It was just like, it was kind of unorganized and like. As most things they do seem to yeah. be. Yeah. And, but there were a lot there were a lot of, talented, uh, funny, uh, people who were, <clears throat> who were doing that. So I think it made it through a few rounds, maybe like the final, like eight or something, 10. But, um, and, uh, I forget which I, what I got eliminated on, but it was, it was tough. I think I forget some of the exact tasks and we had to like make a couple videos. Um, but they, it was just like, they kind of just like, their whole thing was like, let's just like be dicks to these ki- people and like see who right. can
1: hang. They, yeah. They would kind of, cause I, cause I, Remember watching it, and it kind of felt like they would try to make you as unprepared as possible, and then just throw like some task, some content related task at you, yeah. and just yeah, like throw you to the fire yeah. with no direction at all, and see what you came out
0: with, yeah. and how it would go. And it sucked because I had to. Uh, so when you audition, you have to either like present like a, uh, like something you would do at bar stool, like an idea you have, or like a lot of people did stand up. And so I did do stand up in the office, which was like, it, it was, uh, it was terrifying. Cause it's like, first of all, there's so many very factors that go into like making a good stand-up show and like an office setting, first of all, is not one of them. Right. And you're then, like, already people starting just off scattered off around, like lights were on. Everyone's just like, and they want to like not laugh at you.
1: Right. Yeah. They're trying not to make you feel all yeah. good yourself. You
0: and know? I went first cause they were like, ah, oh, you're like comfortable. You've, you've been working here a little, like you go first. And so I had to go first. And yeah, like didn't go well, obviously. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I remember a few people trying to do like, and it's tough. I, I yeah. talked to Rich. Rich went the same Rich year as did. Francis went before Francis tried doing stand up, and it, he was the first person to go, I think, and it did not go well for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They
0: really tore Rich a new one. Yeah, Rich is very obviously very funny. But yeah, Rich they, is uh, they uh, yeah, they leaned into him. But yeah, no, I mean, no one, no one who did the stand up did did well. It was a tough setting, but it was also easier than. Like, or maybe not easier than coming up with an idea, but I think so too.
1: Cause also it's like, if you try to do a presentation, what are you going to be like, Hey, I did this for you. Like you almost like you already did something. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like,
0: that was the other thing you we, know? we had. One of the, idea, one of the projects was, uh, one of the like tasks in the competition was we had to make t-shirts and, uh, yeah, and I had like this good t-shirt idea and it, um, like I just gate, like I just, they were just selling it. Like they yeah, just, it's just labor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like cool. Like, so I didn't. I don't get anything from this.
1: So did you? think Did you feel like was it hard? Because I would assume like they do a bunch of different things and a bunch of different kinds of content. Like you could be a uh, make video content. You could be a writer. You could have a podcast. Like they do a lot of different things. Did you feel like it was tough to try and? Like they're making you compete and everything. Like they're making you make T-shirts because that's an aspect of the business. They sell merchandise, but like yeah. you, that might just not be what your skill set is. So, like, did you feel like it was a no, like? Did you ever feel like, oh, I have this skill set and I'm not able to, like, yeah. show
0: you towards the end of it and the whole time I thought maybe I wouldn't even be the best fit for to like to work there because some of those things like I'm not like the best blog writer. I'd never really written blogs before. Like I'm not really the kind of guy like I was talking about earlier who's like kind of a, like a reality show character can just like get on camera and like do something crazy like i'm pretty like i think like i don't know low-key and i'm not like that type of character i'm more like oh i can like sit in a room and write some funny stuff for you if you want like jokes and make sketches which is why i was i think the variety hour was good but if i had to like i don't know i I might just not have been a good fit for like barstool in general which is why like after and i was like uh, i'm not i wasn't that bummed plus there were a lot other like talented funny people who like the kid who won it's really funny and everyone everyone there was it was talented but uh um, yes yeah, so
1: you didn't feel so you didn't feel bummed at all you no. felt like it was still okay
0: yeah cuz i was honestly thought about it after i was like i don't know where i would have even like fit in there like i would have been able to write blogs and yeah make, i think you would figure it video. out once yeah you had i would figure time. out eventually but you know i wasn't too too bummed about it i had a good uh had a good run
1: yeah so then what was like was it just back to business as usual? Like that didn't work out, and then did you like did you just go right back into doing comedy stuff? Like nothing ever happened, and it was fine. Like yeah, did you feel it wasn't like that. You wouldn't feel like you were in a rut or had any kind of thing like that.
0: No, it was pretty. I was pretty fine with it because yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't really expect to win, anyways. Just because I, I don't know. Like there were a lot of people in it. I was like, who knows? These kids could be like. Like I had no expectation to win, even though I had already done some stuff there did you
1: think Francis being there would help your case in some way I
0: think it probably hurt it honestly really yeah because just because uh he like I had already done stuff with it. this is what I mean like I had already done stuff with him and so I think they didn't want to like give me a leg up right they're trying not to favor yeah. you so I almost again, went again not way. that I would have won I'm not saying I would have won right but if they did have choose for me to win they would have been like well we can't have this guy win he's like already worked here and like you he know He's like another Harvard guy we don't like I don't know. There were just a few things that I, I think might not have helped. Yeah, I could see but that. Francis was behind me a lot and he was right. he, again, he was very helpful and nice and he was trying to like um push for me and all that stuff, but uh yeah, I can also see like it being held against you that yeah,
1: like what you said like he's a comedian, he's from Harvard, he's like just like Francis we don't need another Francis. Yeah, like exactly. I could see that factoring into it as yeah. well. Um all right, so that's all the Barstool stuff. Let's get back to the comedy. So like when you create a joke, when you're trying to create like bits or stuff for your set, how, like what's your creative process? Like, do you actually sit down and write shit out or does it just kind of come to you and you just kind of like take notes and stuff like that?
0: Yeah. So I will just, I don't, I, I will sit down and write if I already have stuff to work on. I don't just sit down with a blank, like a blank document and think of stuff to write. What I do is, just throughout my like my day if i think of something funny something will, like spark i'll like think of something and it'll uh, i'll just write a note down to my phone and then like the end of the week end of the day i'll go through and i'm like that was stupid that's funny like and then i'll flesh out what i think is funny um and then i'll like copy or like send it to my like computer and then i'll like, just flesh it out on my computer and then i'll try it out if it works That's good. If it doesn't work, maybe try it a few more times. See Again, see if maybe it was just the crowd or maybe it's just uh, I need to work on the writing of it. Do you record your sets or not? Yeah, I record everyone. Um, I listen to like the good ones (laughs) 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 pretty much just because it's it's tough to listen to yourself. It's really tough to listen to yourself bombing at an open mic. It's
1: also like in the moment you're like, I know I didn't do well. Yeah. So like, what, what do I need to listen to tell myself? Exactly. Like, I know what I didn't do. Like
0: you're time. trying a new joke and you're, it's just like, not, you get, you get nothing from it. I'm like, I, 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 I don't forget that it didn't work. Right. I remember it. Yeah. Didn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was in the, <laughs> moment. I don't
0: need to double check. Like, I remember that. What
1: was the worst bomb? Do you have like any kind of
0: one of your, um, nothing like, like really, really bad. Like, like some of the stories you hear, nothing crazy. Uh, like nothing weird that's happened in a show. I think like probably the first few were like tough. I remember like the first show I ever did was like I went went up at like one forty five a.m. and I, there were like three people left. I think I think like there was like the host sitting right in front of me and like I think the other two people just thought I was giving announcements. Like, I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone the was. The host to- was just like fake laughing. <laughs> I was like, you might as well not laugh. Is like it would make me feel better the fake, the <laughs> fake laugh is just so egregious sending yeah yeah that's so funny that was the first time i was in boston and i had like five i was like so nervous that i drank like five beers alone like before i went i was just sitting at the bar like just hammering beers because i was so nervous that's hilarious um but uh yeah and then i mean you always yeah whenever you try a new joke because a a chance. I mean, sometimes you think something's hilarious and then you go up and you're like, okay, I guess that wasn't funny. And you gotta go back to the drawing board.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 You never know until you try it. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So
1: what do you think was what was the best advice anyone's ever given you? Like from a comedian and what's the worst advice anybody's ever given you? You don't have to give me names for the worst advice, (laughs) but
0: um, (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah, well, one time, um, this is like the most random connection in the world, but my grandfather happens to be like best friends with Nick Kroll's father, which is so random. That is very
1: random, and, but a uh, cool connection.
0: Yeah, very cool. And so when they were doing, oh, hello, did you ever see that? Or you know what uh, it is? It was like I've him and John Mulaney. They play like the old, old guys. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they were doing a show in Boston like five years ago, four years ago. And, uh, my grandfather, like hooked up where I went, like, I got to go backstage and say, say hi to them and meet them, which was really cool. And Nick Kroll told me, it's like the simplest advice, but it was like right when I was starting and it like always stayed with me. He was just like, he was just like, listen, like the crowd doesn't want to be uncomfortable. So it's like, you just have, no matter what you're, you have to just come off. Like you're fine. And like, you're not nervous because if you're nervous, the crowd's going to be like uncomfortable and like, it's going to be a tense vibe. So it's just like this, it was so simple, but it just like clicked. I was like, God, like that is so true. Like the crowd doesn't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm not coming there so for a now, bad time. <laughs> I just make sure to always like, just like no matter, even if joke bombs, just like stay loose and stay like, don't act like it doesn't phase me. Cause if you like tighten up or you get nervous then the crowd's like
1: oh, this guy's getting nervous. Right, the second guy. someone yeah. senses that, that's probably like over exactly. after that point. It's like how hard to recover yeah. after that so point. Yeah, so that
0: was actually, yeah, so I have always, that always stuck with me. It's so simple, but it's just like, it, it was a moment where something clicked. I was like, oh, like, that's so true. Like, I just gotta, no matter what, like, just be, be chill. And whenever
1: give you, do you get, ever get advice from people who aren't comedians? Like, you um, ever try to give you feedback or stuff? Yeah, that, I mean,
0: yeah. Is that, yeah, does that, I mean, get, does that get annoying? You feel it like someone's really telling
1: annoying. you something? You're like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about? Yeah.
0: Well, sometimes, yeah. I mean, you get a lot of different stuff. Like sometimes uh, people come up to you, you don't know, and they'll be like, they'll be like, oh, it was so funny. Like, listen to this. This something similar happened to me. You should talk about this. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but <laughs> I'll, I'll listen. Yeah. Um, and then some people. I've never gotten anyone really like ream me for anything. I, my my set's like pretty clean, so I've never gotten anyone like criticize or like lecture me about anything.
1: Oh, like about con, like the yeah, content how, you're discussing. It, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: like how dare you talk about like that? So, do you um, worry
1: about that ever?
0: Not really. I think most of my stuff's pretty, pretty clean. Like I'll drop like a couple f bombs and like like a couple sex jokes. Now is that intentional or is
1: that just how it ends up coming out?
0: Um I don't yeah, I don't try to like force uh a lot of comedians like try to sometimes force being like inappropriate and dark cuz they think it like makes it like the comedy better if they can make something that's really dark funny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't go out of my way to do that. But if I think once in a while, if I think of some, it's also just not me to like, that's kind of not how I come off on stage is like dark or inappropriate. Like I'm kind of more just like observational. And it's weird if you do like a bunch of observational stuff, like silly stuff, uh, and then just do something wicked dark. It's kind of tough to like yeah, you change, change back, back and, and forth, forth from that. Right. But it's also just not really how, what my mind goes directly to. So it's more just like day to day, like observational stuff.
1: Yeah, you got to be authentic to yourself. Otherwise, I feel like it's never. Gonna yeah, last. like don't
0: exactly like don't for like I'm not gonna force I'm like oh I have to I should do a joke about like cancer because like like Jesselnick does like yeah. Anthony Jesselnick does like that like, that those kind of jokes and like it's so cool he can make that funny like right. that's just not my voice really.
1: So like, how how do you like do you think you found your voice like how do you go because like I think. The way I look at it is it's a it's a medium that's – it's pretty limited. It's a, you, nobody else, and a microphone, and no one else is talking. It's just you, and you're trying to get a laugh. So like everyone's shooting for the end result, and there's so many comedians that talk about so many different things. Like how do you go about trying to find a way to differentiate yourself so it's like, oh, like that sounds like a Tommy joke. Like that sounds like you know, yeah. him as opposed to like you're kind of – emulating other people like you're saying
0: yeah exactly well, i think everyone at the beginning starts out like kind of d- d- doing similar uh stuff to people they like like just naturally right um but yeah when i'm writing jokes i think about like a couple things like when i'm looking at my notes i'm like oh that's funny but it's like a is it like a hack like have do people talk about like this like dating apps like if i even if i think of a funny i had a funny idea for dating apps but like i, I didn't want to do, which this sucks when this happens for me because I, sometimes I think of good ideas, but it's like about like kind of a hack topic and I'm like, I don't want to do a hack topic. Like I want unique stuff. Like I had this joke about uh, what was it? Like dating apps. Like we should have our, like Rotten Tomatoes should make a dating app because it's like more genuine than like what people can make about, write about themselves. You yeah. should have like a review people. Right. Like, and so is that kind of Joke, and it did okay. It did pretty well, but it was like, I don't like going up there and starting with like, so like dating apps are like weird. Like it just makes me feel like kind of hack. Right. So it's like, I,
1: it's almost a default at this point. Like a lot of people make fun. of Like I've talked about that on the podcast probably like five times yeah. already at this point. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a hack topic. Yeah, like
0: dating apps are like, like guys, like, like jerking off. I don't know. Like what? Yeah. Like those 10 of topics. Right. But that's definitely something I think about when I'm writing jokes is has anyone done this before or is it like unless it's like a unique take on one of those things
1: right if it's like yeah if it really stands out yeah it's like, like a different spin on it uh-huh. do you feel like any kind of pressure to have to be funny outside of comedy because like you were saying before like i don't know if it barstool because like that's not my personality like jumping in front of the camera so do you ever feel like people ever look at you like oh you're comedian I you're supposed to be like like being funny all the time like mm-hmm. do you ever feel that pressure at all or no
0: that's why I didn't really like the like that whole part. I don't like forcing being funny. Right. Like I hate like force, and I don't like when comedians like try like force being funny and like outside of it. Like I'm no, I don't really force it that much or feel pressure to. Which is why like I like guys like um, I don't know, like when I see comedians who are just acting normal and like like in interviews, like famous comedians. I'm like, oh, you don't have to be like a silly idiot all the time, right? Like you're trying to fire up yeah. jokes just because you're yeah. talking, like someone yeah. like Louis Louis C.K. or like Tom Segura, like when they're just like sometimes they're just chatting, like you don't they don't feel the need to like be like sit like silly and make jokes all the time, like. Right. So I've I've kind of taken that pressure. I used to though, like like I've kind of taken that pressure off myself though, because it's just it's not genuine, and you end up being not funny if you're trying to be funny.
1: Yeah, it goes back to the same thing of being authentic. Like, if yeah. you try to force anything or do something, that's not natural. Like, yeah. you, even if you get by with it one time, eventually people will catch on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you said before you opened for Francis for a little bit. Did you open? Is there anyone else like cool that you opened for that? You know, like any notable names?
0: Yeah, well, we have a, a charity. So me and my brother and our friend started this charity. Sh- they don't do comedy, but. We, we've been involved with, it's called the Travis Roy Foundation. It's like a charity in Boston for like spinal cord injuries. They okay. raise money for uh, spinal cord injuries. And um, we've been, we've done some stuff with them in the past. And we had this idea to do like a comedy show for them a few, three years ago for the first time in Boston. And we did it first at like Lansdowne Pub, which is like right next to Fenway Park. We got like a hundred people, um, like friends and family. And it was just, like, me and a few other Boston comedians. And then the next year, we did it at Laugh Boston, which is obviously in Boston. And we got, like, we sold it out, like, 300, 350 people, 400, however much that holds. And then, so this is actually wild. So this Travis Travis Roy, he was a hockey player at BU who got paralyzed, like, 11 seconds into his first game his freshman year. Damn. And so he started this foundation. He's, like, like paralyzed from the neck down. He's, like, in a wheelchair. He's, like, like huge like inspirational speaker now. He's he's great. Um, and so Bill Burr is like a sports fan and he's from Boston. And so he heard about his injury when it happened like 20 years ago, whatever it was, 15 years ago. And Bill Burr had always reached out to him. Like, if you ever want me to do a charity show, let me know. Like, I would love to help out. And so after we had done this show for like two years and we, it got like a few hundred people at Laugh Boston the second year, Travis reached out to him. It was like, hey, these guys have started the show. Like, do you want to do it with them? And so like, this past summer, we had uh, Bill Burr sign on to do it with us. And so it was like me, uh, a couple other Boston comedians, and then Bill Burr headlined it, and it was at the Wilbur Theater. Damn, that's so that crazy. That was crazy. So you got
1: to do the Wilbur and open for Bill Burr. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. It was wild. It, was, it was surreal. It was, it was crazy.
1: Did you get to meet him? Like, did you talk to him at all? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah.
0: Um, a little bit. Not like too much, but some small talk. Um, yeah. he seemed like a good guy, good but dude. he, uh, he was, he's like so big now. Like he had like, he has like security with him and really, yeah, yeah. He is that he big, gets like I his guess. own green room and yeah. everyone else is kind of hanging. So, um, but he came out and said, what's up. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was surreal, like walking off the stage and him going past this, like past me onto the right. stage and the Wilbur is just unbelievable. Yeah. It's like legendary the venue spot. is so cool. So that was surreal. That it, was great.
1: Is there a different approach you take to a set if you're opening versus headlining?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think so, uh, for sure. Um, uh, I think, well, you want to obviously do as well as you can. Um, I'm not sure, actually. I think, like, you just go up and do your best every time. But I don't know. I guess if you're opening, make sure you don't, like, do stuff that the headliner's doing, talking about sometimes, like, cause you don't want to. Do you
1: always know or is there times you don't know and then that ends up happening?
0: Well, like, uh, well, I kind of knew Francis's bits and so I would just make sure to not do anything he was going to talk about, but like, I would just go up and do my set pretty much and try and do right. well. Um,
1: I never thought about that actually. Like if, a, if you have a set and some opener, does a similar bit to you like that probably pisses people off so much
0: yeah exactly so sometimes i think sometimes i haven't experienced but i think sometimes headliners will be like hey try not to talk about this if you can or right because it's yeah it's just more like hey we just heard about that
1: right a lot of times (laughs) a lot of times i guess bigger guys in most cases they're
0: bringing a headliner or an opener with them on the road so it's not that big of a problem but it's like a little thing to look out for Right,
1: and then so you've headlined your own show, so
0: yeah. So I had uh, one at not this past summer, but the summer before. Uh, I headlined Stand Up New York, which was a lot of fun, um, and uh, that was great. That that holds like uh, like one hundred thirty.
1: That's on the Upper West Side, yeah, like seventy
0: yeah. eighth and Broadway. Yeah, I yeah, think, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. That was great. That was a lot of fun.
1: So how did, how does that come about? Like some like someone that you had a relationship with somebody and they just asked you or?
0: Yeah. So I started doing these other shows uh, for the Comedy Mob, which is a great uh, like open mic slash. It's kind of like a real show pretty much. It's better, way better than open mic. But I started doing those a lot. And through that, uh, those are just kind of like a couple different places around the city. But they also have kind of a relationship with the people at Stanton, New York. And so through that, I kind of met the booker at Stand Up New York. And then he had seen me a bunch. And then I got passed for check spots there, which is like when you go up. It's like a pro show, but you go up during the check spot, which is like the worst spot on the show. Because people are getting their checks. They might not be paying attention. But it's like stage time. So people who are coming up want like we'll do the check spots just to get good stage time. And so I started doing those at Stand Up New York. And then they just had this headliner series that they started and they just, the guy emailed me and he was like, do you want to do this, uh, do this show?
1: And uh, so speaking of a headliner series, we're timing this out pretty well because you got a show you're headlining coming up, right?
0: Yeah. Tuesday, February 4th at 7.30 at uh, Caroline's on Broadway.
1: Have you done anything? Have you uh, done a set at Caroline's before or no?
0: Um, I opened for Francis for his headlining show like two years ago. Okay. Um, two years ago now, probably. Ooh. Yeah. Time flies, as they say. Yeah, so that was, uh, I opened for that, which was great. Um, and I think I did one or two, maybe other random things there. But yeah, this should be, uh, this is uh, very, exci- I'm very excited for the Caroline show. Right, we were both at it's Louisa's
1: awesome. the other week, because that was, she just headlined a show there.
0: Yep. And now you're up. Now yep, she was perfect. great.
1: Yeah, she did a good job. She was
0: awesome. Um, and I yeah, saw. very exciting.
1: I saw Francis's opening, so like, did you get a say in who the opening acts were? No? Yeah,
0: yeah, so I choose, you get to choose who features for you. Yeah. Um, and so Francis, I think is, is going to host it. So he'll go up, do like 15 minutes, gotcha. 10, 15 minutes. And then I have like two other comedians, Eric Newman, uh, who was also a guy I met right when I came to the city. Who's also been you know, very nice to me. Very helpful. He just got past the comedy Cellar this past year. So he's doing really well. Uh,
1: I remember that. Cause he did a set for, uh, Dan and Rich's show that they were doing for a while. Yeah. And I remember like, I think it was just after he got past the comedy. So yeah, he's he did great a set too. There. Yeah. He did a good
0: awesome. job, And he's, he's really nice. Um, and him, and then uh, uh old gun Namer, who's uh, uh, she's also really funny. But yeah, so I'm I'm really excited. It's gonna be a lot of fun.
1: Is Francis gonna whip out the piano? You're gonna tell him not to.
0: I don't know. I, maybe <laughs> not. He's got a couple good tunes though. I I I never. I always like hearing his tunes. So then you have that coming up.
1: That's when I put this out. I guess it'll be the following week. So. I assume you've been gearing up for that, trying to tighten up your set and stuff yeah. like that. So, do you feel like the pressure is coming on? Like as that comes up, do you feel like more pressure? How long is your set? Forty five minutes?
0: Yeah, I'm do. F- I think I timed out uh, today. Actually, I think it's like fifty ish. Okay, around fifty. Uh,
1: Have you ever BS. done a set that long before? Or no.
0: No, the stand up. The one at stand up New York uh, was forty two. So this will be my long. And then I did a uh, half hour a couple times, and then like I've done twenty. 25 a lot, but yeah, for, this will be the longest for sure, and yeah, I've just been going over, a lot of it is a lot of it is going over jokes I haven't done in like 8 months, and like, organizing it it's like organizing the set, going over old jokes um, and then incorporating the new jokes and or just basically just ordering it, because I know most of the jokes um, I probably have like uh, so it's, yeah, it's basically just memorizing it, ordering it Uh, and going over all the new jokes I've done the last couple months, fitting them in. Uh, And yeah. But yeah, so I've been going over that a lot the past few weeks. Now, do
1: you feel like once this is over, because it's like a big show, Caroline's a big place, it's a pretty big venue too. Like, do you think that, like, do you feel pressure then to scrap those jokes and try to like restart fresh? Like, I, I always think about that too with like comedians. How do you, Know how to gauge like how long you can use a joke, or like, like do you ever put them on the bookshelf and then bring them back? Like, how do you, yeah, like, what well, are your thoughts on like well, using think, new versus old jokes?
0: Yeah, I think that's more for people like fam- more famous comedians who do specials right. and they need to then go on the road and their fans want to see new jokes, so they scrap everything, do a new hour, which is what I'd like to get to eventually. Uh, me, I just like doing new jokes, I feel like I'm not getting better if I'm not trying new stuff all the time. Like some people just do the same, like 10, 15 minute set for years. And like, I couldn't imagine do it. Like I just, I feel like a fraud. I don't know. This isn't like, this is just me. Like being too much of like a perfectionist, I think, but I like feel like a fraud if I go up and I'm telling like a same joke that I told from like eight months ago. Like I always feel like I need to be like fresh and like working on new stuff and trying new stuff. Which is like kind of ridiculous, unreasonable to eh, put, put that it, on myself, but it kind of goes back to the
1: same thing—the authenticity thing. Like, if it doesn't feel like,
0: yeah, like I feel like if you jokes if you, get worse, yeah, yeah.
1: you start getting robotic about it. And you're just doing it just to do it, and like you don't feel like passionate about the joke, or you don't like the joke anymore. It's just like again, I think it's going to come off eventually. Exactly,
0: exactly. That's why jokes do event, and like I think Louis C.K. one time said, it's like they kind of have like a fruit-like cycle to them. Yeah, jokes do. And it is true. If you don't have enthusiasm, which is why jokes stop working as well. Because right. even though you think you're doing it the same way, like you're not, you're not doing it as enthusiastically as you were and the audience can like sense it. Right. And yeah, that's very true though. Yeah. Do you ever put bits or anything up on social
1: media? Cause like you were saying, Oh, like I don't have, I'm not doing specials right now, so I don't have to worry about that. And like bigger comedians worry about that. But I feel like it's becoming more of a trend for people to put their bits online yeah. So does that like one have you done that to <laughs> Either if you do, or hypothetically, if you did, would you then feel the like you have to scrap that once you put that out? Or that
0: like, that is becoming a trend, and I've actually been thinking about that a lot recently. I don't know, like ah, uh, it is. I don't know where I stand on that because I don't. It is like you're burning a joke, kind of, if you put it up. Right. That's like, why you I can still like- do it. You can still do it. And whenever you do go do long shows, like if I got asked to do like a 20 minute set somewhere, I'll probably do, I have jokes I've worked on the past couple of months and I always try new stuff, but I'll still use like jokes from like last year to just fill the 20 minutes. Right. Cause you're not doing enough time when you're this early in the career, you're not doing enough time regularly, like the long stage time to be able to get that much material. Mm-hmm. Like those guys who do new hours every year, they do it because they're able to do it because they're doing an out like four hours every weekend of stage time. Right. But when you're getting like 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, five minutes, five minutes, it's tough to get a ton of new material.
1: Yeah, because like what are you gonna do? Like try one each time and then like, exactly. when are you gonna try you it sti- again? Yeah, you or pre- you
0: stick with one for like a, like a couple months or you like try new premises here and there. So you gotta kinda, exactly. Yeah. Um. But what was the question? It was about, uh, oh, posting the videos. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I'll do it actually uh, because I think, so Dan and Tom Luciano, have you met Tom? I met Tom, yep. Yeah. So they, uh, that whole, their uh, company, Tom is like in all the production shit, uh, or both of them are. But uh, Tom offered to like film my Caroline's show for me. And so maybe I'll use, maybe I'll start dicing those up and posting those. But I do like not like the idea of like burning a joke. Like I, I kind of like keeping them. Uh.
1: Right. I do think though, like especially this, you're doing 50 minutes. Like if you think about it, that's you do 50 minutes. But then if you kind of cut it up, that leads to a lot of almost like free content for you. Like yeah, now I don't have this pressure. I got to think of something that I'm gonna put online that people think is funny. It's like I have this. Sorry, what jokes? am I probably going to like not do as much? Like I'll just cut those up and throw it out. Like, yeah. I feel like it gives you more options and puts less pressure on you. trying like create things all the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. Um, yeah, maybe I'll u- do some jokes that like I might not use anymore. Right. Um, cause I am using like a lot of my stuff that have, uh, that has ever worked for 50 right. minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's a long um, time. You, like, you're yeah, going to so, have to do that. So I, I probably won't do some of those jokes again. So maybe I'll use those. But I do like the, I like when people come to shows and hear new jokes. Right. And they're like, oh, that new one was great. Like, I don't want to post every new one because then when people come to the shows, they've already heard them. Right. So I don't know. But maybe find like a medium. Yeah. Healthy medium.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a balance. But I I do feel like some people usually sit very extreme in one camp or the other. Like, it seems like some people, like I always say.
0: You kind of have to because it's kind of pointless if you just throw up once in a while. That's kind of pointless. That's the other thing. If you're going to do it, you got to do it regularly or else you are kind of just. W- like throwing out a joke here and there right. just for her. i would
1: say like the big name that i know that's really into is andrew uh schultz oh yeah he's, he, he's just yeah. like he always does that like he just puts every bit online yeah i like, he remember he did that like a while ago yeah, so yeah. he's, like he's like
0: the king of like the, all the social media stuff he's crushing it yeah
1: but then like some people like i think if it was me i would be like i don't want to burn a joke yeah. like i would be like that i would be like oh, i don't know like i'd be very hesitant to do it yeah I
0: think. Yeah, I kind of yeah, I kind of don't like the idea of it, but I don't know. We'll see. Plus, it's like I wouldn't. I don't have like I don't have like a huge fan base or anything, and I'm like, it's not even really like growing that much yet. So like, I'd really just be doing it just like my friends, pretty much. (laughs) So like, I don't need to do that. Yeah, but it kind of
1: maybe that could be a tool to get more people. Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, how do I know you're funny unless I go to your show? Whereas so like you can post that, and then your friends can send it to other people and be like, oh, isn't this funny? Like, oh yeah, that is funny. I want to follow him. I want to go see him, yeah. et cetera. So
0: Yeah, exactly. But it is very fleeting. Like it's very fleeting like to post an Instagram post. So like maybe, yeah. I, mean, I also thought about me just making them into like short YouTube videos. Yeah. Post that's those, it. send those, throw those around, post them on Facebook, like sponsor like get sponsored ads. I don't know. But that's if they're more permanent like that, then that's something to think about. Yeah. yeah for sure yeah I, th- I could see YouTube
1: like a YouTube video yeah
0: being like, and then you can just surface it once in a while so that's a better strategy I think than just so like I think the, the 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 Instagram videos posting them like on your Instagram I think is a good idea if you already have if you already have a decent following and you're like people are talking about you right because then people follow you regularly and they're always seeing stuff but I think yeah you know what I mean yeah, yeah. No, I know I get what
1: you're getting at yeah. so how What's your strategy then post this Caroline show? February 2nd, right? Uh fourth. Fourth. February 4th. Go to it. Buy the ticket. Um like what's your strategy then after the Caroline show? Like, you know, because you were saying you obviously you're trying you want to build an audience. You just headlined a big show. It's like how, what's your strategy, I guess, short-term, long-term, of like how to get to where you want to be and where do you want to be? Like what's Five years from now, we're, like, what, where would you like to be in your career?
0: Yeah. So I guess the strategy uh, – well, it's tough. The stand up's tough because you can do something like big and then you could do like nothing for like a couple months. Like that's true. So it is tough. But no, I think this will definitely help. And just in general with like to have it as a credit, that's a cool thing. Like Caroline just shows that you're like – you're somewhat legit or at least getting there. Right. Um, so I think just keep – like, now we're meet more people, doing more shows, um, you know, trying to do shows at other clubs, uh, stuff like that. And as for a plan, I think I just want to just be like, uh, do stand up and be one, like, just mainly do stand up and eventually maybe parlay that into like acting. Yeah. But I definitely think I want to be like one of those, just like one of those big time comedians who like travels the country. Like just the theaters, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. That's kind of what the goal is, right? Because I feel just like, like crush it and stand up.
1: Some people do, yeah. I feel like you fall into two camps. You could be like, I like really want to be just like a comedian, or I want to build a following and then parlay that into the next step. Like I yeah. feel like people either look at it one, or, one, yeah. Of those ways.
0: And there's like another camp where people are like really good, really good joke writers, and they try and like they want to do like writing, right? Like yeah, they want to write for that. shows, yeah, which. I don't know if I'm leaning more towards that just cuz there's so many good like like joke writers. I feel like you can stand out more as like a stand up if you have if you're if you're better at it. Like cuz and I just feel like I'm not as good as a like type joke writer. Like those like like I watch like these shows sometimes and I'm like, ah, those are amazing jokes." Right. Like like The Office parks and rec. I'm like, "How do you think of that?" Yeah. But it's different it's it's a lot different skill than I think what I have which is like like just like random premises and like uh just more stand y type of I don't really know how to explain it but it's just a kind of a different skill set I think mm. like the TV writing and the acting performing um but yeah it would and I think of I mean a goal of that like would my ideal goal would be to like like the guys from Always Sunny like just make your own show with, with your, your friends with your voice, yeah <laughs> and just write it act in it and then just continue doing stand up yeah. like that would be the dream i think Okay, cool um
1: i don't want to get too negative and that's nice as negative but like do you ever get like doubt yourself at all like do you ever get points you're like ah, i don't know like maybe this isn't the thing for me like do you ever every time this?
0: you have every time you have an average show you're like yeah. i'm like oh why have, what am, why am i doing this like I know like our thing is gonna work out it's literally every time you get off stage and like you you are every time I get off stage and I didn't do like great I'm like even if I did like good okay I'm still like oh that one joke didn't work like why am I doing this why I'm not good at this like
1: you ever really consider like stopping or not nah?
0: no not actually but it yeah. just gives you like doubt for like the night or the next time you ne- till like next time I get on stage I'm like god that was like I don't know if I know how to do comedy.
1: <laughs> so when that happens, how do you, like, turn it around? Like, how do you... I get, like, anxious back?
0: about it and I go home and, like, I, I like, I'm, like, all right, now I need to, like, do, like, write new jokes. I need to, like, work, like, make stuff better. So I get, like, if I don't do well, I then get, like, anxious I'm, like, go home and, like, try and... I'll go through my phone and, like, all right, that was funny. Okay, all right, good. I'm still funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you think it motivates you at all, like, when that happens or does it kind of... Like, does it motivate you more when you crush it or does it motivate you more... If you feel like you didn't do as well as you should have, and now you're going to try and like improve. Yeah,
0: when you do, when you don't do well, it is motive, it's deflating, but also motivating. Like I said, it kind of gets like, gets me like, oh, I got to like work harder. But it is, it all, it's also good when you do well because it just relaxes you. Like, all right, like maybe I got a chance at this thing. Yeah. But you don't want to get too,
1: you don't want to feel like that all too the time. Complacent. Sometimes it's yeah, good exactly. to be like, oh, like I, I'm i still, you know, not there exactly. yet. Exactly. You know? That's
0: why it's like not good to do all like, great crowds. Like, you need, like, an average, like, an okay crowd. You need to, like, be humbled once in a while, for sure. Yeah. All right.
1: Um, Let's try and wrap it up. Uh, All right. So, when's the show? Where can people follow you? And if you have anything else you want to plug, go ahead.
0: Um, Yeah, show Tuesday, February 4th, 7.30, at Caroline's. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I think they're both... Tommy underscore O R E G A N. It's Tommy underscore Oregan, underscore and um, yeah, that's about it for now. Come out to the show; more, more the merrier. There's still uh, still tickets available. All right, nice. I'm, I'm probably
1: gonna buy mine once you leave. Awesome. Look at that.
0: Best friends. You, see, you, you so called did, did
1: I do it? There go. <laughs> I wasn't sure yet. So I was like, I'm going to say I'm going to buy his tickets yeah. and then I'll definitely yeah. be his best friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're waiting to see if you like me first before you bought the tickets. Yeah. I had to make yeah. sure.
1: I had to make sure. All right. He did a good job on my podcast. All right. Now we yeah, will go to a there show. Go. All right. Tommy O'Regan. Uh, thanks for doing it and good luck on your show and we'll see you on the the big stage doing stand up in five years, just like you said. Hopefully, oh, come <laughs> fingers, to fruition.
0: Fingers crossed. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. I had a blast.
1: Thanks, man.